This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, the PLPA has a new president and he joins us this week. Zach Courier of the Calgary Roughnecks, the Water Dogs, and the Peterborough Lakers has seen a thing or two in his day. And he, along with his number two, Reed Reinhold, hope there's bigger and brighter days ahead for the players. All that more on OTCB. Jenner at gmail.com. We have no idea who is going to lead the United States into the new year, but we know who will lead the Professional Lacrosse Players Association for the next three years. That is Zach Courier and his number two, Reed Reinhold. Vote went down a couple weeks ago. It was a five-day vote. Took some time. But there is new blood. And before we go anywhere else, as a former player in this league, I would be remiss if I didn't say what an incredible job Peter Schmitz and Dave Suckmore have done for the National Lacrosse League players, for the game, for professional lacrosse in the past 34 years. While I was playing, I think we went through two, maybe three possible work stoppages due to CBA negotiations. And there was one point where the league actually, I believe, did cancel the season only to reinstate the season like a week later. But still, the work that Dave and Peter did over the last three decades has been monumental for the growth of our sport. 
obviously as the sport has grown, the notoriety of our league has grown, the potential for us to expand continues to grow. And because of Peter and Dave's hard work, constantly working to get better deals, better contracts, better partnerships, we are where we are at today with box across players making a pretty good chunk of money for what we do. Playing on weekends, traveling all across North America. It's a pretty good chunk of change. We've all hoped and continue to hope that one day that pretty good chunk of change will be a damn good chunk of change. And that is one of the hopes of the new leadership committee. But to Dave and Peter, thank you for all the long talks that we've had while I was a player, while I've been hosting this radio slash podcast show, and all the times we've just sat down, had a beer, and had conversations. Thank you. Your hours of endless work will not be forgotten. Thank you very much for everything. And let's hope that we can continue to build off where you got us. And along with the National Lacrosse League, players can grow and become the superstars that we all know they are and to be paid like we all know they should be. Don't get me wrong. That pay structure that we all hope for as players, as fans of the sport, it's not going to happen overnight. And... Making this a full-time professional league is not going to happen overnight. It is going to take time. But with the expedited growth plan that Commissioner Sakevich has of getting to 16 teams in the next three years, getting to 20 teams in the next eight years or whatever the next step is, as that grows, there has to be a growth for the players as well. And we'll talk about a lot of that with Zach Courier because it has been a busy first couple of weeks on the job for he and Reed. They've had to communicate with their entire union and all the players and all the player reps, get feedback, listen to what is out there, and try to formulate a plan to move the union forward, to work towards a new CBA, and to make sure the players are given what they feel is their just worth. And to work along with the National Lacrosse League to make that so. Now he may have only been a professional lacrosse player for three seasons, but he has been around the game of lacrosse his entire life. Growing up in Peterborough, he obviously got to watch some of the best players our sport has ever seen. But he's also been able to see the nuances of how the game works, how it doesn't work, and how when people come together with a right goal, some incredible things can be accomplished. He went to the Culver Military School, where he learned discipline, strength, and also that it wasn't quite for him. But through four years at Princeton, he really honed his craft as a utility knife on a lacrosse field. He can do it all. And for the Calgary Roughnecks, for the PLO Water Dogs, for the Peterborough Lakers, and even in the MLL for the Denver Outlaws, 
he really is able to play a multitude of positions and roles and succeed at all of them. And so now as the president of the largest professional players lacrosse union out there, he is tasked with helping 300 plus and future players get to a point where they truly feel like they are full-time paid professionals. Now that is not his only goal. And that is not his only task. But he understands that working together, open lines of communication, and strength in numbers, the union will grow along with the league. And that is a hope we all have. And we would be remiss if we forgot to mention that in the span of 407 days, he won two man cups, an NLL title, an MLL title, and a world indoor title. We have not seen a stretch of lacrosse like that since John Grant Jr. in 2007. This week on the OTCB podcast, one-on-one with the new PLPA president, Zach Curry. He's a wizard with a stick and can find loose balls all over the floor, but he is tasked with a bigger job now as the president of the Professional Lacrosse Players Association. He is Zach Courier of the Calgary Roughnecks, and he joins us here on the Off the Crossbar podcast. Zach, how are you, my man? Not too bad. How are you? Uh, I can't complain. Uh, obviously, the biggest question is what was more stressful, watching the U.S. election or, you know, trying to win your own election? <laughs> I think it was more stressful watching the U.S. election because they have the live results. Mm. Um, Reed and I were kind of texting this morning that if they had a similar approach with our election, we probably would have been a mess for for an entire week because we had a five-day-long election where where players could cast their vote at any time. Um, So if they had live-streamed it like the U.S. one, I I don't think I would have slept for a week. (laughs) Uh, That kind of takes me to to the first question. Um, you and Reed have just been voted in. Uh, you're the new president. Z- Reed is the new executive director of the Professional Lacrosse Players Association. Why now? And why you and Reed were, were the two names that came up? Why now um, was this the time for the Players Association to find new blood to lead them into year 35? We just thought that there was uh, there were a lot of improvements that we could do with the communication within the union. And um, in the bylaws, it states there's an election every three years. And, and we felt like um, if we if we wait three years, it, it might not be beneficial for us if we want to kind of get to work right away. Um, and Reed and I came together just because um, both of us had had the same opinion that we thought we could we could do more with the union. It's not to say that Peter and Dave did, did a terrible job. We're very thankful for what they've done. And we're appreciative of the years of service that they did for the union, and we wouldn't be where we are today without them. So I guess before I say why we were running, I just want to say thank mm-hmm. you to those guys, and we're we're appreciative for the groundwork that they laid. But um, we we just thought that we were better connected with the players. We're in the locker rooms. We we hear the complaints, and uh, we see these guys every weekend. Um, so we we know what the problems are, and we know um, how to try to solve them. And uh, we came together, um, I think it was around July, June or July, and uh, decided that we were going to run together. And, and since then, 
we were putting our campaign together and reaching out to players and, and hearing them out and uh, any any concerns or questions that they might have, we, we tried to answer them as best as we could. Um, and then we ended up running for office and uh, we were voted in. So we're, we're happy that it, it happened and we're excited for what we can do for the union moving forward. I remember when, when I was playing, you know, we were going in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, we were going through a lot of instability in the CBA and there wasn't a lot of communication, like you said, from the heads of the PA to the players. And again, like you said, Peter and Dave did incredible work over the past 30 plus years for our sport and for our players. But how do you create better communication as we work towards a new CBA, as we work towards a COVID season? What's the biggest impact for you through communication? So we, we want to improve communication. We have a group chat with our player reps that we're going to rely on. Um, we have open lines of communications with players. I, I phone a couple every day and and chat with them and hear their thoughts and concerns. And obviously we're both on a team ourselves. So mm. uh, we're really close with those uh, 50 guys on, on those rosters. So um, that's a good chunk of the union there. Um, but yeah, we're just, we're, we're making sure that we have open lines of communication and people know that they can call us at any time and, and we can chat anything union related or lacrosse related or, or just say, how's your day going kind mm. of thing. So um, that's how we're, we're tackling it and we're going to have calls with our executive committee, hopefully more, uh, more often than we did in the past, just so that we can get more input from the players and make sure that everyone feels involved. So it's more of just making sure that everyone's opinion is, is heard and that their voice is heard so that they feel a part of the union. So that when we do come into a time where we are negotiating a CBA, that everyone knows that we have their best interest in mind and that they can reach out to us with anything, thoughts, concerns, we can give them updates, and, and they just know that we're fighting for them and with them. In your early talks with the union, what's been the biggest concern that, that's been brought up? Um, the uh, the lacrosse-related revenues is, is a big one that we mm -hmm. want to get involved in our CBA. It was it, We had talks about it in the last CBA, um, and we just ran out of time. And uh, we've continued talks and then COVID hit. So it's, it's been delayed, but um, that's the biggest concern. And we just want to be able to, to grow along with the league and, and the league wants us to grow with them. And uh, we think the best way for that to happen is to tie our salaries to the lacrosse related revenues so that if the league ends up blowing up in the next five years, that we blow up along with it in terms of our salaries. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to go into another CBA or opt out and try to get higher salaries that's just already in place with the with the CBA that we negotiated. Do you think that's going to be an easy thing to maneuver on? Because that's been something players have been wanting for a while. Uh, by no means is it going to be easy. It's gonna it's gonna take a lot of work. Um, we have to to engage our PLPA auditors and and have them uh, look at team finances and uh, obviously work with the league and figuring out the logistics for how we determine. The, the procedures that are put in place to verify revenue. So um, it will not be an easy task, but we're up for it and we're, we're excited to get going with it. And uh, we're looking forward to making something happen. November 1st was a, a big day for, for all of lacrosse. Even if people don't know it, it was a potential opt-out date of the CBA. Both sides have sort of agreed to push that date a little further down the road just because of everything that happened with COVID. How important is it to have stability and to continue open conversations toward a, a new CBA? I think the biggest thing for the Players Association is to get along with the league and, and be business partners with the league because 
if we don't get along, then that hinders our ability to negotiate deals and and uh, communicate. So we did push the opt-out date, and um, it actually has turned into a player option. Um, the the league was uh, showed a lot of good faith in giving up their opt-out right um, November first, twenty twenty-one. So um, it is essentially up to the players whether we're going to opt in or opt out. Um, but hopefully, like you said we can negotiate a long-term deal that would include the lacrosse-related revenues that I mentioned earlier, and then both sides can be happy and the team can go looking for their their new potential owners and, and keep expanding, and then uh, we can uh, get our salaries tied to lacrosse-related revenues. In your early discussions uh, with the league, uh, just between you and Reed as heads of the PA, how have those gone with Nick and Jessica? Uh, they've been great. Um, there's a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we tag teamed that the latest NLL announcement. Um, we thought we did a good job there. We got a lot of positive responses. All of our players were engaged on social and, and all of that. So um, they've, they've been great so far. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to, to continuing that line of communication. Obviously, the sites are on April of 2021. Have you gotten any feedback from your players? Like you mentioned, everyone was kind of on board with social and putting that date out, but obviously there's going to be some concerns about that April start date. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I feel like you're um, kind of implying that the league overlap and and Mm -hmm. that's something that we're looking into. Um, Ideally, we have players that are able to play in both leagues. Um, we're, We're just trying to kind of work out the details in the meantime and um, see what the possibilities are and if we can help with scheduling or, or uh, immigration or um, any of that sort of thing. If we can work collaboratively with both leagues, then, then we are going to. So hopefully something can work out and players can play in both leagues. But everyone's excited to get back to lacrosse, regardless of whether you play in both leagues or only the NLL. Um, everyone's excited to get back on the floor in April. I don't think anyone's going to match the reach of Paul Rabel through social media, but how as a union do you guys help players build their own brand? Because that's becoming sort of the norm these days, whether it's guys running camps or businesses or clothing lines. How are you guys going to work with the players to help build their notoriety and their, their, their brand? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of ways to do that, and the first one would be to, to work together with them on, on their social media and, and create business partnerships and, and be able to have players involved in that side of, of the business. Um, but um, we're, we're hoping that we can uh, do the same sort of thing that Paul has done and, and help everyone um, grow their individual brand, whether that's through business partnerships with sponsors or whether that's just through more engagement through our own channels or pushing products through our website or pushing their, their businesses through our website. I know the WNBPA does a great job with, with their website and they promote their player businesses. So mm-hmm. any of their players that play in that league, they get listed on their website. So that's something that we would like to do. Um, and uh, so that all of our players can, can uh, see the benefits of driving traffic through our website and our social channels and all that. So we just want to work collaboratively and, and over time, we're hoping that we can grow everyone's individual brand along with ours. Is that website going to get out of 1996 anytime soon? <laughs> it's, it's in the works. <laughs> planning on it. Yeah, because, you know, that website, I remember after I got out of playing, I started doing some of those player spotlight articles. And really, that's all it is now. It's just a list of 20 player articles 
and that's about it. What do you have planned for not only a public side of that website, but also a player's login side? Yeah, um, the, the main thing would just be um, to use it as a tool internally. We think we can communicate um, a lot of information through our website and uh, hopefully, hopefully we can work something out where every player has their own login or, or something in that sense. But um, just driving traffic through that website and having it so that we can relay messages and updates from, from our side, from Reed and I, so that players can log in and at their own pace they can figure out what's going on with the union and see any updates or, or uh, have them uh, submit like some sort of form with a question and we can get back to them. Uh, we have a lot of ideas. Um, we're not entirely sure the direction that we're going to go for like for certain, um, but we do have a lot of ideas of how we can improve the website. And we also think it's a great way to to push business partnerships and and that side of things as well, mm -hmm. if we can generate enough traffic. You mentioned Reed, who is a, a former or is a lawyer, practicing lawyer, just finished his bar. How important is it to have his brain on your side? It's amazing. Um, he's a super smart guy. Um, he graduated from Western with a law degree. He's a practicing lawyer in BC, just passed the bar. Um, he does a lot of a lot of the research independently for any cases that come up internally or externally with the union. And he's a great resource on the legal side too. Um, as you know, I am not a lawyer, so <laughs> I have a lot of questions for him that he answers. And he's an incredibly smart guy. Um, he's worked with his dad's, uh, his dad's business and he did some articling when he was going through for his law degree and, and worked on hundreds of settlements. So he's, he's well-versed negotiating as well. Um, so he's huge for, for the union and I'm not sitting where I am today without him. If I didn't have him running beside me, I wouldn't be running at all. Um, the, so I, I put a ton of faith and, um, and, uh, I think he's a great, great asset for the union. And I'm really excited to be working with him moving forward. One of the things that, that I wondered and, and questioned when this news all came out was the fact that you guys are both current players. And I think only Chris Paul in the NBA and the CFLPA president is also a current player. Was there ever thought of finding a guy that's recently removed from the National Lacrosse League that's kind of on the outside but still has connections to the inside to be the heads of the union? There was thoughts um, initially when we had first come up with the idea of, of trying to get new leadership. We were There were some players that we, were, we had in mind that we reached out to. Um, mm -hmm. But as time went on, uh, Reed and I slowly realized that we were the guys for the job. We were the most passionate. We had time to devote ourselves to improving the union. Um, this is now Reed's full-time job. He went in as soon as the election results came back. He went in and resigned from his job, which was... Oh, wow. uh, a, a very well-paying job and he did it because he he couldn't turn a blind eye to his teammates and friends and uh he knew that he could improve this union and um so yeah there's there's a huge asset in having reed involved here and uh we did we did explore the option of having someone that was removed but um we just felt like as us as current players we're just that much more in touch with what's going on we experienced the stuff ourselves so um, we felt very in touch with the players and we thought that we could represent their best interests. One question I've always wondered, the PLPA is the Professional Lacrosse Players Association, but it only currently focuses on the National Lacrosse League. Has there ever been discussions 
with MLL, PLL, any of the other professional lacrosse leagues to kind of all come together as one encompassing union? Or is the plan just to keep ourselves separate? I know there were talks with the MLL and they wanted to get involved there um, in the past. And uh, I know that they have spoke with the PLL as well, but in terms of immediate responses, um, Reed and I have a lot of work to do internally um, that we think we can improve for the NLL. And uh, we just don't think it's, it's the right time in the immediate future, but uh, we aren't opposed to, to that idea. And I know it has been talked about in the past, but um, in the immediate future, we have a lot to work on with the NLL. So um, I would say that we're going to stick around there for a while. Uh, Big Brother Josh is now in Saskatchewan. Um, instead of playing him maybe once a year, you're probably going to play him a few times a year. Is that going to be difficult for you? Are you looking for the challenge to hack him? Nope, that's a win for me. <laughs> yep, I'm glad to play him more. It's more, more winning, more bragging rights for, for the Calgary Roughnecks. And uh, I can run around the house telling them that I beat him three times a year instead of one. <laughs> you guys are still the defending champions. Yep, sure are. <laughs> um, let's talk about that 98-game that stretch, 2018-2019, uh, where you won five titles um, in 407 days. How sore was your body at the end of that? Two mans, an NLL title, a world indoor title, and an MLL title. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty sore. I remember um, it was before game one of the Man Cup, in 2019, I had six body parts taped up before the game. I had to go over to the arena like in, an hour early and, and start getting my ankles taped and then my shoulder and my wrist and my hand and my hamstring. It was, it was crazy. Um, and then after that, Man Cup finishes up, then I go right into the World Games, and, and same thing. I'm Before the first game of, of the Worlds, I'm, I'm getting taped up everywhere and, and rehabbing while this is all going on. And it was it was a gauntlet for sure for my body. It wasn't very happy with me at the end of it. Which one stands out as the hardest of those to win, do you think? Um, the 2018 MLL Championship was, was a I, – I was very happy with that one. Yeah. That was my first – like real well the 2017 man cup and then the 2018 um mll championship just because all the teams in that league were were so so good and the the parody was crazy like any any night anyone could beat anyone it's the same as the pll now anyone can beat anyone but the, the 2018 mll championship was a cool one just because i thought we had such a great team and and the players on our team were were really fun to hang out with mm -hmm. um and but the the nll one i i just don't know how the stars could have aligned any better for us to win the nll title and um i'm really happy that it did so um i'd say it was it was close between those two but the the nll title was uh was my favorite and i think it was was a hard one to do and we did it in a pretty cool fashion winning out the season with i think it was seven or eight in a row you then get drafted uh, to the Water Dogs uh, of the PLL first overall. Um, what was life in the bubble like? It was cool. Um, we played a lot of cards. We played a lot of video games. Uh, we probably spent too much time at the facility just because that's where we had to eat lunch and dinner. But um, it was really cool. You felt like a pro athlete. You woke up in the morning and you were lacrosse all day. That was the only thing you had to deal with. Um, I, I didn't I wasn't working at the time um, I didn't have this union job so 
I was a full-time athlete for, for an entire three weeks, which was really cool. And I don't think I'll ever really have that again. Um, so that was my favorite part about it. And then just being around the team for, for that amount of time was great, especially with the lack of uh, human interaction that we've been able to have in 2020. It was cool to be able to be playing cards and know we're all safe because we're all COVID tested and we're all wearing masks and, and uh, the whole deal. So um, it was a really cool experience. And I, I thought the PLL did an awesome job putting that together. And in terms of the other sports leagues, I, I would say that they did, they've done the best job so far. We didn't have we didn't have a single case while we were over there, and uh, it was just a really well put together event. I want to say what is Utah like, but you didn't see much of it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't see much of Utah. the The last day that we were there before we flew out, we did go and we left the bubble and we went to. Uh, a reservoir with, um, I forget what, which teammate of ours was friends with him, but they had a friend in Utah. Um, and we went and basically just went cliff jumping and swimming and, and hung out and saw a little bit of Utah. Definitely not, not too much, but, uh, it was fun to be able to at least explore for one day. You took uh, the path through the Culver military Academy, which is a breeding ground for incredible young men. How did you get there, and how did you enjoy that experience? So how I got there was uh, through one of my friends from Peterborough, Kyle Trolley. He went to Culver the year before I did, and Coach Posner said, I need, I need you to find me some more players. And um, he came back and said, hey, Zach, like, I got an opportunity here for you. And before that, I really had no aspirations to go away for school or go play NCAA. I, I didn't think I was good enough, to be honest. Um, the NCAA lacrosse route was pretty new at the time, and I was just planning on getting uh, getting good grades and trying to get an academic scholarship at my local university. So once Kyle brought Culver into the picture, that all changed, and I had an awesome experience there. Coach Posner is an awesome guy, uh, great coach, uh, one of my good friends. I stay in touch with him uh, almost daily, probably three, four times a week, sometimes most days but um, I had an awesome experience some of my best friends in the world are from there and uh, I still keep in touch with them today Um, I'm in a group chat with a couple of them that we've been we've been talking about the election back and forth and and uh, so we talk all the time and and I wouldn't be friends with these guys if I didn't go to Culver so I have nothing but good things to say about that experience did it ever kind of want to steer you in the direction of joining the military absolutely not (laughs) it it did the the exact opposite opposite. yeah I don't know if I could have even done another year of the military there. It was, uh, I, I was, uh, I, I don't like being told what to do if you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, so it was a struggle, but it was a learning curve for sure. And I, I grew as an individual in the leadership system and, uh, I, I thought I came out of it as a better person. So for the professional cross players association, 2021 is going to be a big year. Um, the 35th year of the NLL, uh, we have a later start than we've ever had. It's going to be a completely different year, however it is going to look. But for you and Reed and the union, what's the biggest focus for you guys going into this season? Just strengthening our internal ties. Uh, we, we need to bring everyone together. Um, we need to make sure everyone's on the same page. We need to make sure that everyone knows that they have open lines of communication with us and that at any time they can reach out to us with questions, concerns, anything like that. Um, so our main intentions for doing this was to strengthen the union 
and come out of this stronger. So um, our main intention would just be bringing everyone together and making sure that they know that we're representing their, their interests as best as we can. And that if they have thoughts, concerns, questions, anything, they can come to us and we can try to answer them as best we can. It's going to be a very interesting next few months, not only for the U.S. election, but for this recent election that you guys have just won. Congratulations uh, to you and Reed on the new appointments. I know you guys are going to do great things for the players uh, because I know the union does so many great things. Congratulations, my friend, and appreciate the time. Thank you, Teddy. Thanks for having me on. There he is. That is the president of the Professional Lacrosse Players Association, Zach Courier. He, along with his number two, Reed Breinhold, who is the executive director, will now sort of take their time and continue the conversations with their union to try to understand what path is best to take. You heard him. It is now in the, the ball is now in the player's court if they want to opt out of the CBA. Now, I don't think they're going to do that just because of everything that's going on. But it does give us hope that the two sides will continue to talk and work towards a new deal, a new long-term deal, one that benefits both sides. Obviously, COVID has thrown a wrench in everything. But that doesn't mean that the league has to stop growing because we know it's not. Fort Worth is coming. The commissioner has said that it may very well be likely that the league announces two teams during the pandemic, which means team 15 is shortly down the road. And if the league continues to grow, then the players should be able to grow along with it. That has been something the players and the league have been trying to work on for the past three CBAs. And it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. They have to find, you know, like Reed said, or sorry, like Zach said, the lacrosse-related revenues. There has to be a way to divide those monies up equally amongst owners, franchises, the league, and the players. And I hope it can get done. Because far too many times we've gotten to the 11th hour between the union and the league. And it has caused delays in season starts. It has caused cancellations of a possible season only to have it reinstated but it's caused more headaches than anything for players executives and fans alike so let's hope that we can move forward with this new proposal for a cba at some point when we get there and we can get through this pandemic season however it's going to look like because we still have no clue those are all conversations that the league and new union heads will have to have. Just sitting here watching the election on TV and just amazed at John King and what he can do with a telestrator. I am envious of his magic TV. And he and that panel of people have been going for three, four days strong non-stop and the ironic thing is over the last 24 plus 48 hours almost there hasn't really been any new information coming in so they're just recycling a lot of things they've said for the past two days and yet he is still able 
to orate that information in a way that we can still understand. He's not dumbing it down for us. He's not mansplaining it to anybody. He's just legitimately telling it like it is, keeping a calm head, and, and doing an incredible job. This has just been captivating uh, for so many of us to watch. And I feel for those in the United States that have to sit in peril and wonder and wait because got to be very, very stressful time right now for everybody. But for those south of the border, I hope when this all ends, you can move on and move forward as a collective unit. And funny enough, that's really, you know, it's not as contentious between the NLL and the PA like it is between Democrats and Republicans, but we have to find a way in the lacrosse world to come together and continue to grow together. Look at what's going on with the whole U-22 and Ontario Junior Lacrosse. Just today, the Orangeville Northman Junior B team said they will not vote in favor of going U-22. Instead, they feel it's best to wait for the LATD, the Long-Term Athletic Development Survey, to come out and see what that data says. And so that's sort of the first inner brick to fall because people just aren't communicating and aren't working together. And I know people want to work together, but everyone just has so many of their own opinions and feelings and doubts and worries that sometimes we just rush through things and we rush to get a decision and we rush to get the results. Sometimes we just need to let things play out and see how they happen. We all know 2020 was messed up in every single way possible. And yes, a lot of kids lost out on a year of lacrosse. A lot of kids lose out on a year of lacrosse due to injury. And unless they're a redshirt freshman, they're probably not going to ever get that year back. I would have loved to have an extra year of junior lacrosse, but I blew my knee out and I couldn't play that first year. Sometimes things aren't as easy as they seem to change. And unfortunately, we're seeing how hard it is to change in Canadian lacrosse because even within own provincial alignment, there isn't agreement. So I wish the best of luck to Zach and to Reed and whoever they bring on to help uh, it within the union because there is a lot of work ahead of them. It is not an easy road. And there will be a lot of onus on the player reps who have to do a very thorough job of making sure they communicate what comes from the PA to their members. Because that was one of the things that I know a lot of players have an issue with. Uh, it was an issue that I had when I was playing, depending on what team I was on, is that sometimes the information wasn't relayed to us. And especially as a young player in the league, you have no idea what's in the CBA. You really have no idea all the ins and outs of your contract. Even as you get to your second and third year, you may not know all the things 
that you are capable to get. And that is where exactly what Zach said, they need to find better ways to communicate with their players and with their union members. And that'll start with creating a better website for player login on the back end. It will allow players to promote their own products, camps, schools, lines of clothing, whatever it may be. But as a player, you should know everything that's going on within your union. You don't have to know every single rule and bylaw, but you should know what's going on. Like how many players, I wonder, knew that November 1st was an opt-out date. I'm sure a lot of fans didn't know about it. But how many players knew that that was a possibility of an opt-out on November 1st? And a lot of credit is going to have to go to Jeff, or sorry, Travis Cornwall, who was putting a little rookie uh, playbook together. And I think Reed Reinholdt told uh, Jake and Brad on last class uh, when he spoke with them that it's not just going to be a rookie playbook. It's going to be a bit of a Bible for all of the players because you should know all of the little things that go into your contract, your CBA, the things you're allowed, the things you can and cannot do. Gear you can wear, gear you can't wear. Instead of going through a 30-plus page CBA, it's going to be bullet points. You can flip to a page. Everything's going to be right there. And I think it is going to be a great, great manual for all the players. And uh, a lot of commending needs to go to Travis for taking on that thing, uh, that task. He said it's just been sort of something that he's been wanting to work on for a while. And I think it's a great idea. One Lesson I have for all rookies, all players, no matter, all broadcasters. Before you go to bed the night before you have to leave whatever city you're in, set multiple alarms. Don't rely on a wake-up call. We all have smartphones. Set six alarms so you don't miss it. Because the last thing you want to do is miss your flight and then have to pay the charge and spend hours upon hours waiting for flights. Also, rookies, you got to carry everybody's bags. Those are the rules. Um, Speaking of rookies, uh, Mitch Jones put out a little Instagram video the other night um, as some of the Warriors have been getting together uh, just to chuck the ball around inside Rogers Arena. And it was Reed Bowering, the prized rookie of the Warriors, uh, walking into or onto the field, carrying a cooler, and inside the cooler was a sugar-free yellow Gatorade on ice. And uh, Mitch ends the video by saying, thanks, rookie, and Reed's got a bit of a grin on his face. So I messaged Mitch. I said, the cooler was a nice touch. Take it easy on the rookie. And he said, hey, man, you got to pay your debts, and debts come as cold Gatorade. So I think what I'm kind of trying to get at when I speak with young players coming into the league is things that the veterans ask you to do aren't general. Sometimes it is, but generally aren't punishments and they're not because they hate you. It's just because it's the hierarchy of how things go in a whole calendar year. You're going to be able to tell a rookie to grab your back. So just play along, have fun with it. Enjoy being a rookie. You only get to do it once. And one of the greatest things that I see young players do 
is even when they're not rookies, second year guys, third year guys, still young guys on teams, still run around and shag balls, still pick up the water bottles, still clean up the locker room when, when crap's on the floor. Just the little things go a really long way. I don't know why I went off on this tangent, but it's just sometimes how my brain works. But when we get to that point, all you young fellows that are joining the league, do your role, do your part, pick up, listen, learn, most importantly, enjoy every moment because you only get to be a rookie once and after that, you're just a savvy veteran. One game closer to retirement. With every passing day, we are one day closer to April 9th through 11th. The proposed, tentative, staked in the sand, NLL face-off weekend. Let's continue to hope we get there. Continue to wear your masks, listen to elected health officials, and stay safe. Next week, we hope to have Chet Konezny from out in Nova Scotia talking about a partnership with the Halifax Thunderbirds, the Black Lacrosse Alliance, and Turtle Island Lacrosse that is going to bring the game of lacrosse to hundreds and hundreds of kids out in the Maritimes. It is an incredible endeavor. I'm excited to talk to Chet about it. And I'm also going to talk to Chet about the iconic double bird salute inside Banditland. Big thanks to the president, Zach Courier, for joining us on the show this week. And as always, thanks to you for listening. You can get a hold of me, email teddy.jenner at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar or Instagram OTCB Podcast. This has been another edition. You can find all of the episodes over on the Lacrosse Flash website. Don't forget, oh my goodness, t shirts are flying off the racks. As our big team guys, Greggy's Gamers, all the other Flash merch that is on the site. Until we speak again. Stay safe and be excellent to each other.